Hey everyone, welcome to the I Dare You podcast. This podcast that is all about you and helping you reach the big goals that you have for your life. And what next steps do you want to take to get there? And I'm your host, Darren Johnson. Welcome to episode 86. I'm so glad you're here. If this is your first time to the show, uh, welcome. And if you like what you hear, I invite you to subscribe and to share with others. For many of you, this is not your first rodeo. You've been here before. Welcome back. Uh, you're going to love this interview and you're going to love this guest. She is Alyssa Ages. And we're going to be diving into physical wellness, what it means to be strong, not only just physically, but also mentally. Now, Alyssa, uh, you're going to love her and her story. She's a journalist whose work has appeared in The Globe and Mail, Wired, Men's Journal, Publishers Weekly, Parents, MTV News, Spin, and Vibe. Alyssa is a former personal trainer and group fitness instructor, as well as, get this, a strongman competitor, a marathoner, a triathlete, and an occasional rock climber. Now, she was a born and raised New Yorker, but now she lives in Toronto with her husband and two daughters. So now, what can you expect to learn from this episode? Well, everyone wants to know that they can do the impossible, but very few of us will ever try. And Alyssa, in her brand new book, Secrets of Giants, she uncovers why physical strength matters and how that teaches us that we're capable of doing so much more than we know. So let's stop right there. I'm not going to wait any longer for you to meet Alyssa. You're going to love her and this story. Here, everyone, is Alyssa Ages. Alyssa, welcome to the podcast. It's really good having you here. Thank you. It's so wonderful to be here. Alyssa, uh, September 12th, we're recording this just a little bit before September 12th, but today's the day your book is released, The Secrets of Giants. We're going to talk about that, but congratulations on the book. Thank you very much. It's my first, so it's pretty exciting. <laughs> We're going to talk about physical strength and the book, but first, tell us about your journey. How did you get here before we go any further? Yeah. So I guess I can kind of give you a two-part. So there is, um, for starters, there's just kind of the journey to being a writer. So um, I've been kind of writing my whole life, um, but I, when I was in university, I was working for the school paper. Um, I just... I loved it. I loved interviewing people. I loved meeting people. That's truly my favorite part of writing. Um, and so then when I moved back to New York afterwards, um, I was a journalist there and was kind of on and off in the journalism field for years uh, and went back into it about three years ago, got back into freelancing and had this idea for this book. Backstory on lifting is a little bit more interesting. So I was you know, not a particularly athletic kid. Um, I have this very strong memory of doing little league when I was about 10 and I just, I, I decided that I wasn't going to play softball with the girls. I wanted to play little league with the boys. This was the thing. It's not that I was great at baseball. It was just that I was determined to do something different. Um, yeah. and I never once hit the ball only got on base once when a wayward pitch hit me in the thigh and I got an automatic walk. Good. And for, for this, you. yes, for this, I earned the MVP game ball. Uh, and it was, it kind of ingrained in me this idea that I was just like not good at athletics. Mm. And this is a story I told myself for most of my life. This was just something that I wasn't cut out for. I was, as I like to say, uh, an indoor cat who really wanted to be an outdoor cat. Um, and when I was in New York, I was working uh, one of my first jobs. We had to play this, uh, this office softball game. And I didn't want to do it, but I had to. And I got up to bat and I hit the ball and I ran off afterwards and I called my mom. I was like, mom, really? yeah, I was like, I find I was 20 something. I was like, 
mom, guess what? I had to play softball. I haven't played in, you know, 10 years and I hit the ball. Aren't you so proud of me? I finally hit the ball after all those years of swinging and missing. And she kind of got quiet and she said, well, yeah, no, I'm, I'm proud of you. She said it, but in little league, it wasn't that you, you swung and you missed. She said, you never swung the bat. <laughs> I would just stand there terrified really? and never swing. And it was that kind of aha moment of, you know, I told myself this story that I wasn't good at sports, but I never even tried. You never even swung the bat. And it started me off on this journey of going into uh, running marathons. And then I signed up for a triathlon, even though I could not swim worth anything. Uh, I like to say that my swimming skills looked like you dropped the inflatable tube man from like a used car dealership in the deep end. <laughs> That's what I looked like swimming. Yes. Um, I did, you know, when I went from there and did an Ironman. And when I finished the Ironman, I was like, all right, well, what else? weird can I do? And I did CrossFit and through CrossFit, I found Strongman. Um, and so it's kind of become this thing of, you know, I want to try everything. I don't want to miss any of those chances because I feel like I can't do something. Wow. So you're, I listened to a podcast uh, where you were the guest and you mentioned that, that yeah. you're always looking for that next big thing. And where do you think that came from? Have you diagnosed this? I think it's admirable. <laughs> I have no idea. I think I've always wanted to do things a little bit differently than everybody else. Um, but there's just, I always, you know, I just, I want to see what else I can do. I don't want to, I never want to question again, whether, whether I'm capable of something. I just want to try it. Yeah. Apparently, apparently. Um, so now <laughs> when you were doing triathlons and you did the Ironman, which Ironman did you do? I did the first and only uh, New York Ironman. So it was called the Ironman U.S. Championships. Um, right. And it was primarily in New Jersey, but we finished in New York. So they called it the, you know, it was, it was the New York one. So where was the swim? The swim was in the Hudson River. Was it? What was that like? Yeah. It was my second time swimming in the Hudson. The first time was for the New York City Tri, which is an Olympic distance. Okay. Um, this was worse um, it's great. It's great because the current goes with you, sure. but about two days before we found out that there had been a controlled sewage leak oh, in no. the Hudson. And now the Hudson is a, what is called a tidal estuary. I learned all of this, um, which means it's supposed to be self-cleaning. Okay. So in theory, even though there was this controlled sewage leak, it's supposed to clean itself after, I don't know, a couple of days. And, uh, so they let us swim. And I remember, I remember getting close to the dock where you come out and the water had been murky the whole time, but I remember putting my face in and it just being pitch black. Like someone had oh, turned no. the lights out and I was like, Oh, this, no. this is not good. And, you know, I got out and they had these showers. And so I quickly rinsed off because having done and watched New York city try, you see people forget to rinse off and they do the race with what looks like a beard or a mustache of, of dirt. Uh, <laughs> But I, I will never forget, we got home that night from the race and I went and took a shower and got out of the shower and it's like midnight and I'm exhausted. And my husband is standing outside the bathroom door and he's just like, no, no, shower again. Cause it was just, <laughs> it was gross. Oh, I can only imagine. Well, <laughs> Hey, congratulations on Ironman. I, I used to do triathlons and oh. I, an Ironman, I, I was training for it and my, it was a whole family affair, as you know. I mean, it's it's a yeah. full time job to train for an Ironman. Oh yeah. And I was training for the Florida Ironman, which is very very flat, which is why I wanted to do it. 
at long story short, I got injured near the end. I never did run an Ironman, but I, I did half Ironmans, which I love those, but I yeah. swam in the, in the Ohio river. It was the Louisville, uh, Kentucky half, half Ironman. And I, the Ohio river is very slow, but also very murky. And I was hugging the shoreline and I was, you know, doing the, and by the way, I can't swim very well. So thank God for <laughs> wetsuits. But I remember getting, I, I scraped my hand on some barbed wire and then, oh you know, God. it's just gross. And anyway, but, um, so yeah. it sounds like we both have some horror stories from triathlons. Yeah. The things we do for the sports that we love. <laughs> That's right. Okay. So now what, what was the transition like? You're an endurance athlete. And if you're an endurance athlete, mentally, you're proud of it. The brain is firing on this. It loves these long runs and these long events, doing things that very few people can do. How did you then transition from endurance athlete into more strength? And let's start there. I think CrossFit is a good transition because you're doing a mix of cardio and strength. Um, that said, because I was this quad dominant runner and cyclist, I went to go get down into the, you know, prescribed ass to grass position of a squat. And I could not get my butt <laughs> past my knees. It was just, yeah. it was just really sad. Um, but you know, it was, it was a challenge. And I think what I loved about CrossFit to begin with was just you, every single time you go in, whether you're hitting a PR that day or not, you're doing something that you didn't think that you could do the day before. And I, listen, I love running. I will be a runner for as long as my body will allow me to be a runner. But one of the things that I came to realize was that if I would go out for a long run, even if I was going to run more that day than I had done maybe ever, I kind of always knew, all right, well, I'm just going to run whatever pace feels comfortable. And no matter what, I'm going to get home somehow. Right. Sure. And there feels like this, this there's this certainty to it, I guess. Um, and then when I went into CrossFit and ultimately into strongman, you don't know, you just don't know if the bar is going to move that day and mm. no amount of, you know, wanting it badly enough. You can't crawl to get the barbell the way that you want it to move in the same way as you can. If like you really are struggling on the run, you're just going to walk home. Right. Sure. But if the barbell's in transit, you know, over your head or to your shoulders and it's going to go or it's not going to go. Wow. Um, and the days where it doesn't go, you can at least know, okay, well, I have this thing to work towards. Like now I'm going to get that. I'm going to get that next time. I, I do CrossFit as well. I transitioned from endurance sports into CrossFit. And so I've, I've been doing it now for about 10 years and I love everything about it. Um, I don't lift a lot of heavy weights. I'm at the age now where I'm a big believer in higher reps and things like that. Yeah. But here's, here's my point And here's my question. I was traveling. I, tra I travel a lot on business. I was in Columbus, Ohio, and I went to the Rogue uh, corporate headquarters, and they have a great store there. They have this really big, this, this, this stone, this, this rock. I don't know what it's called. You would know it, but it's a, <laughs> it was something the world's strongest man you know, lifted. And I yeah. thought, okay, I got I to gotta try this, of course. I, could, I couldn't even budge <laughs> it. I couldn't, I couldn't even roll it. In other words, it was just way out of my league as far as strength. For you, you're into this, obviously, and you've talked yeah. to the world's strongest man. You've done a lot of research and you're doing it. Why is it so important for you to be strong? Oh, well, I am now a mom of two kids. So, you know, on a, a really just kind of fundamental and practical level, it allows me to do all the things with them that I want to be able to do. And it allows me to do some kind of fun and silly stuff with them too. Like I recently realized that I could just, you know, single arm overhead press each of my kids. And I they saw that on it. your Instagram, by the yeah, way, I saw that. they love it. And they ask for it all the time. And what a, you know, what a joy to be able to do that. 
Um, but I also just love the idea that there's, I can look at almost anything and go, I think I can lift that. And hmm. probably I can't lift, you know, everything that I look at, but I know that there's a chance. And I know that if I worked hard enough, I could do that. Well, again, if uh, I follow you on Instagram, for those that are not following Alyssa yet, I invite you to do so. Alyssa ages. And because uh, I've seen you lift a few things that I'm looking at saying, oh my gosh, how do you lift a 150 pound sandbag? How do you do that? Yeah. So good for you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So now, but somewhere along the line, you decided to become an author and your name of your new book is Secrets of Giants, a journey to uncover the true meaning of strength. Why did you decide to write a book and why this one? This book was inspired by something I had gone through about six years ago. So I was in the gym. I had been training for strongman for a couple of years at that point. Um, I was in the gym with my trainer. I was lifting one of those stones you were talking about, those heavy Atlas stones, <laughs> kind of bear hugging it into my lap. And I had to pick it up and put it over a bar. And I realized I was like just exhausted and not in that this is a really hard workout exhausted, but just in a, a full body kind of exhaustion. and. I went home from the gym that day and I don't know why my husband and I had just decided we were maybe going to start trying to have a family. And I found out I was pregnant. And a couple of weeks later, I found out that I was miscarrying. Oh. And it was this moment of going from, you know, feeling just the strongest I had absolutely ever been in my whole life to suddenly feeling just broken and vulnerable and not really knowing how to handle that. You know, I, I always thought of strength as this kind of armor that protected you from things like that. And uh, during that time, the one thing I did that kind of made me feel just more myself was I kept going back to the gym. I kept going back to my trainer who worked with me in a way where he was very conscious of what I could do and, and what would feel right for me. Um, and it felt like every time I went into that gym, I was just alive again for that, that brief period of time that I was there. Um, and it's, I started to think, you know, maybe strength isn't about how much weight we can put on the bar, but maybe it's about how we use that strength and that experience to manage all the other struggles that we go through in life. Fast forward a couple of years later, I, I have two kids and I, my primary purpose between that moment and having my kids was to either get pregnant, stay pregnant, or keep two small humans alive, or as society told me to bounce back from all of those things. When I was about to turn 40 and I, I had this moment of thinking, I don't, you know, I remember this moment where I felt this, the impact of my strength after that had happened to me. And I wanted to really understand how did going back to the gym, how did lifting heavy things have that kind of an impact on me? So with the help of my coach, I decided I was going back into competing in strongman because I hadn't competed in five years. And it was going to be this journey to, to really understand what is the impact of strength outside of the gym? So I went, I interviewed more than 75 athletes, coaches, scientists, researchers, psychologists, and I asked them all those questions. What if strength isn't about how much weight we can put on the bar, but how we manage life struggles? And I took that and put that into this book for, for readers to learn from, but also for me, I use everything I learned throughout the book um, in kind of real time to see what kind of an impact that has. Well, that's great. That's a higher purpose type reason for writing this book. Yeah. You, you know, for those who have never really gotten into strength training, uh, maybe they do a lot of walking or step classes or they're moving, which is fantastic. 
Well, yeah. What did you learn not only through your research, but also through your own personal experience? What are some of the benefits of being, you know, doing strength training? It's, I mean, I was blown away by how many parts of your life are impacted by this. Um, so whether that's kind of how you learn to handle stress, because you're going into the gym and on a daily basis, you are handling these physical stressors. Um, one of the researchers I spoke to put it really well, where he said, your brain just sees stress as stress and it doesn't differentiate between physical stress and, you know, emotional or mental stress. So when you go into the gym and you put yourself into these kind of controlled stressful situations, you're teaching your brain, okay, I know how to manage stress period, full stop. Um, that was one of the incredible things I learned. I, one of my favorite takeaways was learning about the way that, um, strength training and uniquely strength training can impact the way that you recover from traumas that you go through. So hmm. I spoke to this wonderful woman who wrote a book, uh, her name is Laura Kudari. She wrote a book called lifting heavy things. Um, and then another woman who, uh, runs an organization called trauma informed weightlifting, uh, where wow. they actually teach coaches to work with people who have gone through trauma and, and use weightlifting to help them heal. Uh, but what Laura had said to me was she explained that when I was, when I would go for runs after I'd had the miscarriage, it was this kind of catharsis in that moment. But when I went to the gym, I had to focus on exactly what I was doing. And kind of crucially, I had to focus on my core and I had to focus on this part of my body that for me felt like this really scary place, right? It was the place where I would have been pregnant and I wasn't. And it was a place that I felt like it kind of betrayed me and I had to trust it. I had to believe that it was a place of strength and safety and not a place of weakness where I wasn't going to be able to lift those weights. And that was, that was a really incredible takeaway for me from this. Wow. That's so good. You know, yeah. you've, you mentioned, you talked to a lot of researchers, talked to a lot of athletes. I know um, that you also talked to Mitchell Hooper, who is the world's yes. strongest man, 2023 <laughs> Canadian. He did. Really cool. He did. I'm dying to know, what did you learn from Mitchell about this premise of the secrets of giants? So, well, first I spoke to Mitchell after the book, unfortunately, because I didn't know him um, when I was writing it. So I've spoken to him for a couple of just freelance articles I've written. He has a really grounded perspective on everything that he he's doing. So he just is kind of, he sees it as a way for him to give back to the community and to do more because he has this title, um, rather than just to kind of be able to run around and say, hey, I'm the strongest man in the world. Um, and when you watch him compete too, you can see this sort of, it's almost like a calmness. Like he just knows that he has it. He knows what he's doing. Um, and it, what an incredible level of confidence to have, especially at that level of this sport. Yeah. So let's go there for a second, this calmness. And you've done some, you've obviously done tons of research. What is the coolest research that you've discovered as far as the psychological or the cultural benefits, mental benefits of strength yeah. training? And then what's the one thing you're like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Yeah. So there was this study um, and uh, this, this gentleman, Brett Gordon was this, the researcher I spoke to um, where they were trying to understand the impact of resistance training on anxiety. Uh, so they had um, the participants all identified as people with a level of anxiety, but without something as extreme as generalized anxiety disorder. And they put them on this resistance training regimen. These were people who were not lifters. They gave them a coach, they taught them the basic lifts, and they basically said, this is how many times we want you to do this per week. 
um, and you know, stick to it as best you can. And what they found was that the further they went into this, the more mitigated their anxiety became. And while they didn't in the study itself talk about why that happened, when I spoke to when I spoke to Brett Gordon, um, he kind of hypothesized that maybe it had something to do with this this mastery theory, right? This idea that if I can do this, if I can master this, if I can learn this thing, I can do anything else. Wow. And I have seen that in myself, in my experience, and I have seen that in talking to other athletes. Once you learn that there are these really, really hard things that you can do, nothing else seems so scary. It's good. You know, I'm, I was reading about your book and here's some of the backstory for everybody. You have lifted boulders in suburban parking lots. Uh, <laughs> you're attempting to pull a 50 ton truck. Uh, you've, you've interviewed athletes and psychologists and researchers and the way it's described and is it's part personal narrative, part research mission and part reckless midlife crisis odyssey. So I, so far we've talked about a good chunk of that, but maybe not so much about this personal midlife crisis odyssey. Tell me more yeah. about that. <laughs> well, that was, you know, I mean, that's really about, I was kind of, I was turning 40 and I think that is this point in time where we feel like it's time to, you know, hang up doing all the big crazy things and start like, I don't know, taking gentle yoga or something. Um, <laughs> and I didn't want to do that. This idea that I was going to lose this thing that I loved is, is really, you know, it's scary. And um, one of my competitions that I did when I, I finished, one of the things that kind of, I didn't do as well as I'd kind of wanted to. And I had this moment of feeling, am I, am I getting too old to make these gains? Am I, am I going to get any stronger than this? And I spoke to my coach and I actually spoke to this other amateur athlete about it. And I said, and she, and she's um, a year older than me and still competing and competing really, really well. And there's yeah. a whole master's division for people over 40 in my sport. Um, and, you know, there is more and more research coming out now that we don't really know when we start to lose muscle, to lose muscle mass or to lose strength. But if you stop trying to build it, you're going to lose it a lot faster. And my coach put it in a way that just has stuck with me. He said, you know, we don't know at what point you start to not be able to put any more muscle mass on or to be able to, or, or you start losing muscle mass. And he said, but if you think that it's 40 or 50 or 60, you've given up on more than just strength. Whoa. Yeah. And I was like, that's just boom. <laughs> <laughs> But why should yeah. someone really start thinking about incorporating some strength training into what they're doing? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you are going to continue to build up your bone density. And um, that's especially important for women, right? Um, the As you get older, there's the risk of sarcopenia. Um, in my family, there's a risk of osteoporosis. As you get older, you have those risks of falls, right? That's a major issue. Building up your strength keeps you from some of those impacts of aging for a little bit longer. You know, you've, when did you start doing endurance sports? What age were you? Uh, I, I trained for my first marathon when I was, I want to say 23, yeah. I think. I hang out with a lot of, uh, in my circle, we run a lot with a lot of different athletes. The question comes up about strength and uh, over the years, when did you really feel the best? And I think back to my twenties when I did a lot of just hardcore endurance and now I'm in my mid fifties, I've never felt better. Yeah. And I wonder for you, what, 
if you look back on your life, you're so much younger than I am. When have you felt the best as far as physically? Is it now or was it, was it some other time? I think it's now, honestly. Um, you know, listen, I could do things back then and I could recover in ways that I can't quite as much now. Right. Yeah. I could go out for like a night of heavy drinking and run a half marathon the next morning and not think anything <laughs> of it. It was fine. Now I'm like, I need, you know, I have to, I'm supposed to deadlift 200 something pounds tomorrow. I should yeah. probably get like nine hours of sleep and eat really well, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's that changed a lot, but I do feel stronger and more capable now than I've ever felt in my whole life. Um, and that's part of that is also just a confidence thing. Part of that is I've been doing this for so long that I, I know I have that strength. I know that there's more that I can do. Yeah. And just some feedback for you, just by talking to you and just looking at you on the screen, again, there's just this calm about you. You go back to that other story. There's also with, with the various aspects. And as we get uh, older, there's also this, yeah, the sense of confidence because you know, you can do it. You don't have to brag about it, but you know, you know, you can do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What are, what are just a couple of the really big ahas that you got from putting together this book, Secrets of Giants? So one of the chapters that I'm the most proud of was about body image. Um, and I, I know that men go through a lot of body image stuff as well, but I did primarily focus on women with this. And I started to think about the idea of bulkiness, this term mm. bulky that we have used forever. I don't know why when I was starting this chapter, I did that thing where you kind of just look up, what's the definition? And the definition of bulky is taking up much space, typically inconveniently. And it was the inconveniently part. And I was like, that's it. We are just inconveniencing the status quo by being muscular. And I looked back at my whole life of dieting and fitness and all these things and realized I have just spent all this time trying to be smaller. And why have I spent all this time trying to just be a smaller person? Why can't I just take up space? And one of the athletes I interviewed, this is kind of her mantra. This woman, Heather McDonald, she's a Highland Games athlete. She believed this so much, she has it tattooed on her thigh, like big block letters, take up space, just be in the space that you are and don't be afraid of it and put on the muscle, put on as much muscle as you want to put on. Um, that was a huge takeaway for me from this. And it's, and I'm not saying that I came out of this book being the most body positive person for myself ever. There are still absolutely days where I know that I can lift huge amounts of weight, but maybe my jeans don't fit the way that I want them to fit. And I still have to go, you don't have to care about that. And I have to tell myself that regularly. But before I lifted, I never would have thought to tell myself that I just would have spiraled into, you know, okay, how can I eat less or run more or do whatever. And this gave me lifting gave me the chance to say, you don't have to care about that. It's okay. Yes. Just what can you, what can you do with your body? Care about that and love your body for more than how it looks and more for what it can do. That's a great message. More about what it can do, that functional fitness. And you brought it up earlier as a mom, being able to do some really cool things with your kids is, uh, there's, you can't put a price tag on that. Yeah. And my kids come into, we have a garage gym. They come into the garage gym and they watch me lift and I, I give them kind of their own mini versions of things. So yeah. I have a couple of Atlas stones. Uh, and when I do, when I do Atlas stone to shoulder, I give my five-year-old this little five pound med ball. It's about that big. And she picks it up from the floor and she puts it on her shoulder and she does the same things <laughs> as mommy, or she likes to sit on the rowing machine and tell me she's doing her workout. Um, I'm teaching her some basics of barbell moves with a broomstick nice. so she can 
you know, maybe she'll never do it, but at least, you know, at least she sees that it's a cool thing to do and it's a normal thing to do. One thing that I, when I was talking to some family members of mine or, and friends too, when they start thinking about getting into strength training, I noticed one common theme is that they're really intimidated by it. What, what message do you have for them about, about starting? I'd I, I lo- love your take on that. Yeah, I think it absolutely can feel intimidating. And especially if you are in a place maybe where the only gym option you have is the kind where there's that basement weight room, you know what I mean? Where it's just all yeah. like sweaty grunting dudes. That can feel really, really intimidating. (laughs) If you have the means and you really want to start lifting, getting a coach is one of the best things that you can do um, because you want somebody to show you how to do those movements. Um, If you have the means and you have the interest in joining something like CrossFit, uh, you know, I think CrossFit gets a a bad rap because people who are in CrossFit talk about CrossFit all the time, but they talk about it because it's awesome. And if you are at a good place, the coaches will work with you at your level and make sure that you're not going beyond your ability that day. And, and just like start with the most basic thing. You know, if you've never done strength training, I like to hope that when people read this book, they will put it down and just, I don't know, see how many pushups they can do. Just hmm. feel how awesome it is to feel strong. And then I think some of that intimidation factor goes away because you want it badly enough. You know, you may have just answered the question, but what would you hope that someone would think or do differently as a result of, of reading this book? Yeah, I mean, that's it. I have gotten feedback from people that they are now starting to do more strength training, that they're just like, I just, yeah, I want to feel strong. You don't have to do strong, man. This is, I've kind of explained the book sometimes as born to run for strength training in mm-hmm. the same way as you don't have to go into you know, the, the mountains in Mexico and go with that, the Tarahumara running tribe to learn about barefoot running and why just running is something that we are born to do. And it's the same thing with strength. You don't have to join CrossFit. You don't have to do strongman. You don't have to do any of those things. Right. But what I did with this book is I kind of, I went to the, the fringe of the weightlifting world to get the, you know, to, to get those things from the experts to learn what are those big lessons from people who have been doing this forever and at that high level that you can now apply to your life and your strength journey, whatever that is, whatever age you are, wherever you are, um, you just have to start somewhere. And again, that's just, that's a push up that is looking at your door frame and seeing if you can pull yourself up on it. Um, right. That's picking up the, you know, picking up the big gallon jugs of water from the ground and knowing that you can do it, carrying all of your groceries into the house in one trip. How awesome is it to know that you can just do stuff? You don't, there are so many moms that I talk to who say that, you know, oh, I'm watching you press your kid overhead. I can't even, you know, carry my kid from here to there. And I just think, you know, people will kind of say that as a joke. And I think, but don't you want to be able to, don't you want to be able to do that for your kids? Don't you want to be here for long enough to watch them grow up because you're staying healthy and you're staying strong? Yeah, that in that question, that really lingers. And I think it, I'm glad you brought it up because the decisions we make today, that does have impact on our longevity. Your ability to go into your 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s and to really be, uh, be able to move and to do the things you want to do, whatever that means yeah. to you. But I would love for everyone just to consider where you're currently at and what would it feel like to be stronger and the benefits to your life, wherever you want to take things. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'll bring a little bit of it kind of full circle, but I started by telling you that story of me playing little league and being kind of scared of everything, right. Scared that I couldn't do anything. 
Um, and I spoke to um, this, uh, this writer who wrote a book called Extreme Fear, The Science of Our Mind in Danger. And I talked to him about that. And I was like, do you think that that, like, what kind of effect did that have on me? And he said, I think if you had turned around after that and said, you know, I want to keep working at this, you wouldn't have been scared. It wouldn't have been a thing. But you internalized that in some way where you didn't feel like you could take action. And so you went through your whole life just kind of being scared of stuff. And I still, I still see it sometimes in lifting now. I am terrified of putting things over my head. Um, I'm scared of failing at it. Uh, but I'm doing it now. And what he explained to me was, you know, the only way that you can retrain your mind to see something that feels scary as something that doesn't feel scary anymore is to run at it. You can literally retrain your brain to see that as a challenge and something exciting and something to overcome by going towards it instead of running away from it. Look at this is full circle. I mean, this is what your <laughs> your mindset of always looking for that next big thing and being brave enough to to tackle it. We are there, aren't we? Yeah, and I and something I want people to know about this book too is that I think it's really easy to maybe look at this and go, "Oh, this is a book about strength training. It's not for me." But it's not, right? It's a book about just what does it feel like to be strong? Why does it matter that you're strong? It's not just about picking up big boulders and pulling a truck. I, one of the things that kind of blew my mind with this book was the idea that um, almost every athlete I spoke to came to strength from a place of vulnerability. Um, there is a, you may or may not have seen it. There's a really famous ad um, from, it was the 1920s or the 1930s for the Charles Atlas system. Mm. And it was a comic called um, The Insult That Made a Man Out of Mac. I remember and that. Yeah, right. And it's this comic strip and Mac and his the girl that he's dating are, are lounging on the beach. And this big guy comes and he's throwing a, a ball and he kicks sand and Mac and his and his date's face. And, uh, you know, Mac tries to stand up and say, stop kicking sand in my face. And the guy's like, well, you're just this little weakling. And Mac is really upset. He goes home and he sends away for the Charles Atlas system. And the next time he goes back to the beach, he's now this big muscular man and he can take on the bully. And it's this idea that strength will take you from a place of weakness or vulnerability to a place of strength and confidence. And every single athlete without fail that I spoke to came to strength from a place of vulnerability. And maybe it wasn't a big traumatic thing. Maybe it was something small, but a lot of them were really big traumatic things, especially in the sport of strongman, where, you know, it's, it's a little bit, it's kind of a weird sport and you're getting into the, the most extreme end of things. Um, mm. But it made people feel like they had agency. They weren't a casualty of whatever situation they were in in life. And that's exactly what it did for me. Um, and that was, I, I knew that that was a thing. I didn't know how prevalent it was. So I want to, what, what's the takeaway on that then, Alyssa? In other words, we all go through things in life, uh, peaks and valleys, but what's the message as we're listening to that? In real life, it's not that. It's that you feel stronger and more confident. You have more courage. For me, being courageous was a, a huge, a huge hurdle. I had to learn to feel more confident and feel like I could do more things and that I could take things on that scared me. And strength training taught me that. And I think that's what it does for, for all of those athletes is, you know, you go from, there's people who talk to me about coming from, you know, an abusive childhood. There's people who talk to me about going through, you know, a really difficult relationship or something with their parents or whatever it is. Yeah. And they never wanted to feel 
weak and, you know, and incapable again. This is what they turn to. And uh, there's a Colin Bryce who I spoke to. He, um, he was a former world's strongest man. He is a director of the current world's strongest man and the giants live series. And he put it as he said, you know, maybe that's a negative driver, but how many other things might you get into from having a negative driver that are worse than that? You know, this is, yeah, this is a, a healthy way I think to take action. All right. Hey, Alyssa, at the end of every podcast, I asked our guests about what is the I dare you challenge you to have for all of us. I can't wait for this. You would, <laughs> you would dare us to do or try what? So I'm not going to tell you to go and like try to pull your car because uh, that's nuts <laughs> if you don't goodness. know what you're doing. Um, but I am going to say, you know, do something that feels that allows you to feel your own strength. So again, whether that is seeing how many pushups you can bang out or going to, if you go to a group fitness class that has weights, I would dare you to pick up the heavier weights, five pounds heavier. If you can't do it, that's fine. But I bet you that when you see that and when you feel, okay, this was harder, maybe they wanted me to do 10 bicep curls and I can't do it with this weight. Maybe you did five and maybe that's five more than you thought that you could do. And so maybe next time you go to the class, you go, okay, well now I'm going to get six. I don't know, pick up your kids and see if you can carry them around for a little bit longer. Just do something that makes you feel really proud of what your body can do and your strength. That is a great challenge and one we can (laughs) all start today. So Alyssa, thanks for that. And also, I appreciate you being here on the podcast. Yeah, I know you're very, very busy and as a mom and also doing things to help promote this book. The fact you stopped by the I Dare You podcast means a lot. So thanks for being here, Alyssa. Thank you for having me. This is wonderful. And I am going to go pick up something heavy right now. So thanks (laughs) again for being on the podcast. Okay. Thank you. All right. That was Alyssa Ages. What a great interview. And she is just a delight to talk to. And she's doing some pretty cool things with her life. So what is it that you'll be implementing in your life starting today? You know, one thing that I intend to do is to be more intentional about strength training and to look at lifting weights in a whole different way. I do strength training right now, probably about three to four times a week, and I love it. I love it for many of the same reasons that Alyssa talked about. I used to be an endurance athlete and then transitioned over into strength training. Wish I would have done it years ago. But if if that is you, if you are lifting, good for you. But if you're not, uh, I would invite you to, to take a look at it, consider it. So now that you listen to the episode, I invite you to share with friends and family that are important to you. Also, follow us and subscribe to the show. Also, go to Instagram, at IDareYouPod. You're going to love that community there. You'll find exclusive content you won't find anywhere else and a lot of great conversations happening there. Also, the best way to, to uh, communicate with me, I get right back to you if you direct message me on Instagram. I'll see you back here next week on the IDareYou Podcast. I'll see you then.